0: Two guys whose bodies have been toned and sculpted by craft beer, Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode three hundred and seventy-eight. We are here with Jeff, the Riz, Risden, Tony, Tio Ortiz, the voice of detroit on wwj uh, wwj almost almost stumbled there Uh, i'm your dashing host chris and i've got these two great guys with me i just i'm so flustered i don't even know how to feel how you guys doing today
2: we are very good chris it's great to have the gang back together it's been too long i
3: agree and it's like as soon as chris said hey riz is gonna be on tuesday i'm like sign me up i am there i gotta be here for riz all right i love it i love it getting the band back together
1: Yay. What is it?
0: It's it's night, we're swearing sunglasses, half tank of gas, and pack of smokes at it. <laughs> All right. Today's show, we're gonna review the Browns game. There's less talk about there, the injury report, a little bit of a take on Saint Jude. Boy, do you want to know what's up in the auction now? There's some really, really good stuff in there that's taken off. Um, we're gonna look ahead to the Bears and a whole lot more gentlemen. Are you guys ready to go?
1: Oh, let's do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Why why didn't that work? I don't even know where the stinger is now. Um, okay, we'll move on. I got. I gotta find it. I gotta make it work. It's not going to. Okay, we'll move on. I'll have to edit. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Sound effect didn't go. Kick it off. Break it down. There we go. All right, let's get right into it. We're gonna talk about the Cleveland Browns game against the Detroit Lions. This is. There's something about these three point games. <laughs> They're breaking Lions fans' hearts this year. Happened again, thirteen to ten. And I think the Lions may have squandered some opportunities. One thing I can say for certain, there was a lot of bad football in Cleveland last Sunday.
2: That was that was a look. We just watched a poorly quarterback game in the tie against Pittsburgh. I'm not sure that Sunday was better.
3: <laughs> no, it wasn't even close to being better. Here's the thing. The, the, the Lions seem to have this effect on teams is when teams just barely beat them. Or in the case of the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they tie. The fan bases for those teams are getting into revolting situations. They want to kill, and I'm using it lightly, but they want to kill the the teams because I guess fans in Pittsburgh thought that the Steelers were going to roll in and blow out the Lions by 30, and Browns fans thought that they were going to roll in at home and blow out the Lions by 30, and they kind of forget the Lions' defense is not playing at a bad clip right now. The offense is brutal, but the, the defense is playing well. I To that point, and we'll talk about this in a little bit,
0: but like with Matt Nagy, we're finding out that, I mean, these fans maybe have a right to be mad because beating the Lions, even if they beat the Lions, it's not good enough to save a head coach's job in the NFL. I mean,
3: there's, uh, yeah. there's not a lot of,
0: you know, a lot of sense. The Lions have a great team here. And while the wins and losses don't show, the close games, I mean, so many close games. Riz, it's, it's, I mean, you, you know, it's got to at some point fall, but they're not as bad as that
2: record. They're not, but they also are. If it makes any yeah, sense, like, like I, I think they've done a really good job of playing up to the te- the better teams. But they've also had a, a net effect of bringing the good teams down to them. And I don't know if I don't. I, I honestly don't know where that balance is. Like, is it them playing up well, or is it bring the other team like overlooking them, or just like in a, like Pittsburgh? Obviously, Mason Rudolph's terrible. Um, that yeah. that makes sense. Baker Mayfield should not be playing. He's hurt. He, he's got a broken shoulder for God's sakes, uh, and, and a torn labrum in the same shoulder. He's got knee, ankle, and hip problems. Uh, there's no, there's no rightly excuse for him to be playing when they have the highest-paid backup in football. So there's, I don't think that they're well coached against. If that makes any sense, like like opposing coaches for whatever reason just are not bringing their A game when the Lions come to town. You saw it with John Harbaugh in, in Baltimore, correct? One of the best coaches in the game. I I would vote for him most years in in the top three in in coaches. He's not having a good year, and he really didn't have a good day against either the Bears or the
3: Lions. He almost lost to the Bears last weekend. Yep. And, Riz, you know what? The one coach who did bring their A game? Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles. That was an incredible win by the Eagles, and it seems to have propelled them into a shocking playoff run. As far as the Lions, look, I think their defense is playing all right, good enough to win games. But that offense, Mm. even with guys like DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, that offense just is not firing on all cylinders. And look, I like Dan Campbell calling the plays. I think he's playing to the strength of the Lions, which is their running game. Mm -hmm. But the quarterback play has been not good. Wide receiver play has been inconsistent and spotty at best. And teams are smart enough to take away TJ Hawkinson and not let him get loose and be a game breaker. So to me, the problems, at least right now, are on the offensive side of the ball for the Lions. And you, you, you said it right there,
0: T.O. It was uh, even with guys like TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Those are the only two guys you have to take off the field. And if you can put, spend, put 11 guys in the field to take two guys off the field, yep. you've pretty much got a team shut down. And with the Lions, that is absolutely true. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the numbers here. Because and, and this will lead into that whole third and 14 call that everybody's talking about. There's some numbers that people haven't really thought about. And look, I think that that's a, a passing play. I, I, I think that, you know, I, I would have made a different call, but I understand why Dan Campbell made the call to run there when he did. And here's 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 some of the, the, the data behind it. About nine percent of Boyle's pass attempts were interceptions. OK, mm-hmm. so you got a one in 10 shot. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the best play in the playbook for this this team is that deandre swift running play um if you, your your passion your pass and your rush attempts were even at 23 in the game you have zero passing tds two interceptions rushing you have a touchdown and no fumbles mm-hmm. you, all your yards are on the ground they're not through the air everything points so you go it's third and 14 we need this to win the game what do you say dial up the best play i've got in my playbook and that's DeAndre Swift running the ball. That's why that decision at third and fourteen was made because they didn't have confidence, or as we saw with the numbers, the ability to execute in the passing game.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to find the passing chart from uh, Nick Boyle, or Tim Boyle, and they don't have it listed, unfortunately, on Next Gen Stats,
3: which is sad.
0: You have to have a minimum number of attempts in order for it to yeah. be on. <laughs>
3: And Chris, let me give you three more reasons why that was probably his best option Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, and Malik McDowell. They were crashing into the backfield and they were collapsing the pocket on Tim Boyle for pretty much most of the game. They kept the heat on Boyle. And like we talked about in the preview, that was going to be an issue for the Lions. They needed to do things to keep that pass rush at bay. Third and 14, Riz, that's advantage defense and advantage pass rushers. At that point, your pass Absolutely. rushers pin their ears back and just go after the quarterback.
2: Absolutely, and th- I thought that the play scheme itself wasn't bad because it was designed to get to get Garrett up the field right. and run behind him. Mm-hmm. The Browns' linebackers are inconsistent to be charitable. Yep. Their safeties mm-hmm. have been awful. Um, uh, I, I've said it a couple times. John Johnson, as the highest paid free agent safety this past season, off season has been a monumental bust for Cleveland. Um it it's been bad. Um he he's Will Harris level play. Ooh. And they're paying I, I think it's forty-five, forty-four million over or forty-three and a half million over the three years for that. Uh so that, that that's a that's a mistake. It's also a cautionary tale um that you might not get what you pay for in free agency. <laughs> yeah. So develop your own, please. Um, but in theory, that play was gonna work. I I understood it. I I didn't necessarily like it, but any chance of yardage there is better than, than Boyle throwing to Khalif Raymond, who did not have a good game. No. Amon Ross St. Brown did have a good game. He was open a lot. Yes, he was. But, but at the same time, I, I thought the Browns did a really good job of shading Malik McDowell to the side where St. Brown was to help cut down that passing lane. And Jadevian Clowney, for all of his lack of sackage, is really, really good at getting away. In, in, in into the way of passing lanes and and i thought that they did a, a pretty good job of scheming that up too and it's look there there aren't any really good options on third and 14 especially when you don't have a, a reliable quarterback or trustworthy wide receivers
0: and to amin Ra, i mean he only had 18 yards in the day He he could have been open but you again you look at your quarterback unable to deliver the ball to a guy when he's open if he's only got 18 yards in the day it's hard again I'm all about the pass play there, but if I'm sitting there in Dan Campbell's shoes and I'm really trying to find what's my best option,
3: it that was probably it, T.O. Yeah, I agree. That was the best option he had at that point just to keep his quarterback healthy. And look, Tim Boyle had an awful game. Let's, let's be very generous about it. The numbers don't even bear out how bad things were to the point where all those people who wanted Jared Goff benched, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, they were asking for Jared Goff to come back into the game. And guess what? There's a chance he plays on Thursday. And the reaction to Lions fans, or by Lions fans, at least from what I heard down the hall on 97, won the ticket is, "Hey, we're glad to have Jared Goff back. You know, he's coming back. That's crazy how that can go from one extreme to the other in just one week time.
2: Well, we still have to try out Blau Riz. He's your guy, right? <laughs> My, my theory with Blau is who's the most accurate quarterback on short-range passes on this team? It's David Blau. What's your offense? Short-range passes.
3: Right. Hello? <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> no, not at all. And, that, and you know what? You're, my son and you are in perfect agreement, Riz, because your he keeps asking kid. the same question. He wants to see David Blau play. And look, we've seen David Blau play. And it's not good. Right. It's, it's he's not. not right. He's not the answer. He's a possible solution, temporary solution, but he's not the answer to the problems at quarterback. And by the way, this is a bad year coming up in the draft, as you guys know, for the Lions to be looking for possibly a franchise quarterback, because there's no one right now who really stands out that you say they have to actually get that. They have to absolutely get that guy with likely the number one pick in the draft.
0: Yeah, or even we'll the jump number off 20. That bridge later.
2: We we we, <laughs> we uh well they will be the Rams will be picking in the mid 20s and that's right. Kenny Pickett. That's uh I hope Malik Willis doesn't go that high cuz he shouldn't be anywhere near there but uh you know that, that that's the range where you're looking at a, a Kenny Pickett or a uh, a Sam Howell a guy like that. Yeah. Um you you could do worse. You could have taken Zach Wilson number 2 overall this year. Um both those guys are better than him. Um no question in my mind about that. But yeah, it's it's a tough spot. I, I would like to like, I, I'm done with, with Tim Boyle. I was done with him after the second day of training camp. And I'm like, and I remember like talking with, with, with Nick Baumgartner and Justin Rogers and Kyle Mikey were like, is that real? Like, did, like all, all the talk all summer about how, like uh, from Packers fans and reporters were like, Oh, Tim Boyle is going to be your starting quarterback. He's going to be out Jared Goff. And we're like, Okay, let, let's see this because none of us had really seen him. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, is this a bit? Like, are you are you scamming us <laughs> or something? Like, I, I, my my theory now is that, that they had to find a way to comfort themselves that that guy actually beat out Jordan Love last year. That's the only justification I can think of for why they were trumping him up because he's awful um, and was awful from day one in Detroit. Um, he cannot throw a short pass. Every single pass under like five yards bounced to its targets all yeah. summer. Every single day. And that's why I was hopeful that maybe they would open things up and play to his strengths, which is a moving pocket and throwing the ball deep down the field. But we didn't see any of that. And that was that was a little frustrating from my standpoint that you're not tailoring your offense to the quarterback skills that you have. Obviously, you don't have great receivers that, that are, you know, real adept at that. And he had, he didn't get much practice time. Remember, he didn't practice for, what was it, nine weeks? Right. Because he, he had, he had a thumb injury. Yep. There's just a whole confluence of things. And and from that end, I would hope that they would, like, if Goff gets hurt, aggravates the oblique injury, or mm-hmm. just sucks, that they would go to Blau instead of Boyle. Because he fits the offense better. Hey, not that, not, he not that he'll be better, but he could he fits the offense better.
3: Hey, Risen Chris. Did you ever see the movie Heaven Can Wait with Warren Beatty? Yes. Okay. Tim Boyle is the reincarnation of Matt Flynn. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. I don't get that,
2: man. I, don't. I'm, <laughs> I can't. I, I'm just thankful it's a one year contract because uh, between between Brad Holmes. Going out and, and deliberately signing that guy and deliberately asking for Jared Goff, I'm a little worried about his eye for quarterbacks. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, well, I think well, I won't go into that. But uh, there's a couple things here in the in the chat. First, um, Packers fans are delusional about quarterbacks. They're going to get real good at evaluating quarterbacks real soon here once yes, Aaron Rodgers gone is. And and the one the other thing that's nice about this one year boil contract is maybe they'll there'll be big enough suckers to sign him back next year as Jordan Love's backup because boy would that be a great great That'd bunch of laughs. Um question though in the chat, who do we think was to blame for the Reynolds interception? Was it Boyle? Reynolds 50-50? Good defense?
2: What what do we have here? I'm I'm I have a theory on that. I think right. that's on the play caller. You don't make a quarterback that hasn't practiced with a running back who's also been limited in practice. You don't make them do option routes. You give them one freaking option on a play. If that's not there, throw the ball somewhere else. You don't make them read sight options against a defense that they haven't seen. That's Correct. stupid. It's stupid.
3: Yep. yep. It's on the play callers on that one. You know, again, you're asking players to do something that they're not used to, that yep. they have not practiced much. And that's the worst thing you can do as a coach. Your job as a coach is to give players the ability to win. You put them in situations that they are comfortable in. I don't think that was a situation where Raymond was comfortable or Boyle was comfortable. So that goes on Campbell and it goes on Anthony Lynn. There you go. All
0: right, uh, let's go, let's see, what else do we have here from the game? There was the third and 14, there was Tim Boyle. Anything else about Tim that you want to cover quick, Riz? I mean, did you get it out or do you have a...
2: a I I was disappointed he didn't run because he can run. Yeah. He's actually a pretty good runner and the Browns are vulnerable to that because their safeties, again, do not play well. They don't pay attention very well. (laughs) Uh, Now, Ronnie Harrison, I'll give him credit. Uh, he and his pink hair had a fantastic game. It was it was his it was his best game of the season. I do watch every Browns game. Um and it was fun double day. it was fun only watching one game at one time on Sunday for me, which was glorious. I loved that, and I get it again this week. Um it's gonna be nice and uh I, I, I don't need
3: to see Tim Boyle again. I know he can't play. There
2: you go. Not to be blunt, wow. but that's
3: that's where I'm at. By the way, the Lions will determine who wins the AFC North this year. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm. If you think about it, they lost to Cleveland. They lost to Cincinnati. They lost to Baltimore. But you have the tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers. At some point, that tie is going to come in handy, and the Lions are going to determine which of those four teams ultimately could win that division. Yep.
0: Um, In the chat, I don't understand why Campbell's chosen to call the plays. It goes against everything he said at the start of the season. Have you heard anything about the uh, Goff-Lynn rumors? Yeah, I've heard a lot. (laughs) Dan Campbell's calling the plays, and there's a reason for it. Uh, (laughs) And that's what it is. All right. So we look forward to uh, Jared Goff's season returning. Um, Tony, i got to ask you. can't believe that's a true statement. I I know. What do you think next year? (laughs) Holds for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Does he start
3: next year again? I think so because of the lack of good quarterback depth in this year's draft, unless they actually go out and pay for a free agent and bring that free agent in. But again, there's the danger. And Riz was talking about that. You get sometimes what you pay for or sometimes what you overpay for. So if you're the Lions, you might as well, at least at the beginning, try to ride the Rapids with Jared Goff and maybe find a diamond in the rough in the draft. Maybe you find somebody in the sixth round like a Tom Brady. Although I don't think there's a Tom Brady in the draft, but I'm just saying you find somebody in the later rounds in the draft that maybe you can start building around. But to me at this point, I think Jared Goff's your starting quarterback, at least at the beginning of 2022.
2: Uh, I agree. Now, like Russell Wilson might be available. Um, Aaron Rodgers might be available. I think the uh, Deshaun Watson could potentially be available, although I think uh, if he is available, he will be in Miami, which could make Tua Tagovailoa available. I'm not sure that any of those like like obviously Russell Wilson is a, a very good quarterback and he's hampered by injuries now, but it, it looks like Seattle might be blowing everything up. If he comes available, he's instantly the top name. But is he going to go to Detroit or is no. he going to go to Cleveland or is he going to go to Washington where they're that much closer to to winning?
0: Can we afford and him with golf's contract is really the no. question. And the answer is pretty simple. Two letters, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's nice to think about that. It's nice to fantasize, but you know, sometimes Cheryl Teagues ain't walking through that door, boys. <laughs> you close your
0: eyes, she's every time. Um, so in, in the chat, that's a
2: dated <laughs> reference if there ever was one.
3: Yeah, um, so, I got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the chat, someone's uh, talking about if you're looking for Browns game takeaways, Tracy Walker credited with four missed tackles in the day. Um, Riz, do you have anything you'd like to say about his high tackling tendency?
2: he 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 left his feet too early twice on on those uh i will say this the browns break tackles better than any other team like on the season that's what they do uh especially nick chubb uh he's got a broken tackle rate of something like 17 percent, and the league average is like five and a half right. so um <laughs> there, there there's no real shame in missing on him but it was not his best day um i i will say um i will give will harris a little bit of credit I think he only missed one, mm-hmm. uh, and that comes on the back. I, I thought his Pittsburgh game was the best game he's ever played. So may, maybe he's rounding into shape. I mean, he, he actually got media time today afterwards, yep. and, and I, I put it in our Patreon Slack chat.
3: I really wish he could play because, damn, I like that guy. But <laughs> Man, he's just not a good football player. <laughs> you know who had a decent day against the Browns? Jerry Jacobs. Yeah, yes, I thought did. Jerry Jacobs had a very good game. The more he plays, and I know this is going to make Chris real happy. The more that he plays, the more I think he's a guy that you have to build around or at least make a key part of your team in 2022. He's it's got some Darius Slay to him. Yes, like he does. With,
2: with the seatbelt and everything. Yep. I, I, I like it, man. I like the swag. Without getting
0: benched in his first season so far. Um, And, and speaking of uh-huh. Jer, uh, Jerry Jacobs news. If you head over to auction.detroitlionspodcast.com, oh, so there are weird. two new additions, all <laughs> all money raised. Everything in here goes to St. Jude, 100%. I'm covering all the administration costs. This is 100% for the charity. There is a Jerry Jacobs signed jersey. It may be the first Detroit Lions jersey that Jerry Jacobs has ever signed. And a Jerry Jacobs signed football with his motto. And if you've listened to our shows when we wow. interviewed him ahead of the season, his his kind of tagline was never give up. He's a guy who's who's had a really tough go at life, had a a, a a long tough journey to get here, and his mantra is never give up. And he signed that on the ball with his name. It's really a nice looking thing. Auctions at DetroitLinesPodcast Anything you put in there goes straight to St. Jude, so that's money well spent. And the auction's end on the 15th of december so you will have everything that you need to put under the tree if you want if that's what you want to do with it auctions auction sorry one auction auction that podcast dot com that and a whole lot more colorado ski house tony it's Ooh. it's like a $3000 value seven nights up for auction it's only at 600 bucks right now nice is there a hot tub with it there yeah there i think there's a hot tub there it's in oh, the okay. cool hmm. um there's dinner with riz don't go
2: underwater in a hot tub <laughs> no
3: Human soup. No. <laughs>
2: Don't. I got athlete's foot in my ear that way. It's not a good oh. idea. That hurt like hell. <laughs> Don't blow Bubbles in the hot tub.
1: Because
0: <laughs> Bubbles hates it. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> there's dinner available on that note with Riz and Sandman and myself down at Prime Proper, downtown Detroit. That's a nice. tomahawk
2: steak, baby. Oh, best. oh yeah. The best.
3: It's only at 155 bucks right now. The dinner itself is worth more than that. I might have to bid on this If I get dinner (laughs) with you three guys I might have to put a bid in That's less
2: than the steak Exactly
3: (laughs) Exactly
0: (laughs) Come on, I could just donate the money. <laughs> All right, so head on over, auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. There you go. Um, Yeah, Jerry Jacobs looked just absolutely fabulous out there. He has been growing stronger. He's not even his final form, and he's looking like a second year. Uh, he's definitely not an undrafted free agent level player. He's definitely no. not a first-year UDFA level player. This is a guy, a top two rounds, three rounds type of player, in his first or second year. That's the level I think he's playing at right now as the cornerback. He continues to grow and get better. These snaps for him and this, uh, this chance for him to play, and this is what I talked about early in the season as these injuries came up, we have an opportunity as a team to really find guys and diamonds in the rough that never, ever would have made the roster or got a chance to play and grow and fit in those positions. This is actually an option for us to get some really inexpensive Key talent for this team. Add through the draft and free agency, and all of a sudden you've got a little bit of an advantage over the other teams.
2: Bring it. I love it. A.J. Parker also playing well. Yes. Yes, um, he did. did. Did not have a – he got his pick. Um, yep. It was off the credit to Alex Anzalone. Ancelone Anzalone. Anzalone. But, I, <laughs> but uh, he's he's been up and down. But, I mean, uh, again, I've said it before. He wasn't good at Kansas State. Like, right. he, he – where would this guy come from? Like Aubrey Pleasant, man, dude, assistant coach of the year. I know, I know, he has no chance of getting it on a team that's not going to win more than one or two games. But dude is coaching his butt off with this young secondary, and I Wait, love it. Did you say or two? Woo,
0: Risden with not?
2: all the all the optimism here, one or so two I, games. I watched, I, I watched the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Ooh. that's not a good football team <laughs> no not
3: at all Ooh, oh breaky mm,
0: they are ugly yeah and this and this yeah. game this week we'll get into it but this is uh, eminently a winnable game for the lions this week
2: yeah yep. yeah. It, yeah it's another one of those I, I as i've talked about on the huge show and i've said it several times if the lions team and the bears team that showed up last week meet the lions win that game that's true if they would have played the the, the uh falcons this coming week too but again That was also true when they played the Eagles, and look what the hell happened. It was only true the first time they played the Bears, and look what the hell happened. One of the things that I've learned this year, um, and the Cleveland Browns have taught me this because they went from everybody wanting to give Baker $50 million a year one week after they annihilated the Bengals to everybody wants to throw him in the lake and throw Kevin Stefanski, the reigning coach of the year, with him after they they get bombed by Dallas and then they barely beat Detroit – you can't carry over one week to the next. That Correct. does not happen in this league anymore. It just doesn't. So uh, you got to be real careful on, on making the predictions on what happened last week. I'm, I'm learning that the hard way.
0: So, what do you guys know about coaching staff and uh, contracts? You talked about Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, you talked, uh, they're in the chat. Aaron Glenn doing a great job. Is there any chance that they may get he poached is. out? What about the, I mean, so I think Lynn. And Glenn have two or three year contracts, don't they?
2: I want to Glenn say that they got two year contracts.
0: Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I, and know, I think I think they get three. I could be wrong, but I know the positional coaches. At least I know, at least of one that had a two so year contract with the, is going to option out for three
2: after the season, supposedly. But there's right, and and that that's fairly standard for a new coaching staff. Yeah, is so that they'll get half of the term of the head coach?
0: Correct. So yeah, so now let's think about this. If we're if we're sitting at this right now, these guys mm-hmm. should all be on contract for tw- for next year. Now it's the if somebody comes sniffing around for them, do you get in the way because you have them on contract? What do you think uh, this Lions organization is going to do with these coaches coordinators? So specifically, Pleasant, Aaron Glenn, those are two guys that you could see wanted by other teams who may want to give them an opportunity to move up. Do the Lions enforce the contract? Do they take the The different tack that they have this kind of servant leadership track attack that they've been holding before and allow
2: these guys to move upwards and onwards. How do you think this plays out in the offseason? I'm looking up their their uh, status right now and their actual titles, too.
3: I will say this much. And I know hopefully Riz will back me up on this. I think it depends on the coach. I think if somebody comes after Pleasant or Glenn, I think if you're the Lions, you enforce that contract. If somebody comes after Deuce Staley. I think you enforce that contract. If somebody comes after Hank Fraley, like the Pittsburgh Steelers did last offseason, yep. you enforce the contract. There are other coaches, however, if somebody came calling, you might not enforce the contract and you might let them walk out the door.
2: I agree. I agree. Wow. I legit forgot that Tom Capers is on this defensive staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, I was looking to see if Aaron Glenn was the also the assistant head coach. I thought he was. He is not. That's, that's my error. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he is the assistant head coach. Deuce Staley is, yeah. which means that he would be next in line, presumably, if Anthony Lynn departs in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a fairly reasonable expectation at this point, that Deuce Staley will be the offensive coordinator next year. Uh, and you know that that's an easy promotion to make. Um, you know, like you said, Hank Hank's sticking around. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the tight ends coach Ben Johnson is gonna stick around. I think he's done a pretty good job with Brock Wright. I think they were happy with what he's done with Hawkinson as well. It might not necessarily show on the field, but I, I know that they like what they're getting from him. Aaron Glenn is only the defensive coordinator. If you bump Deuce to the OC, he can take over that assistant head head coaching job, and that's how you can keep him because you can't block like without giving a promotion. Like Aubrey is already the defensive backs coach and the the pass game coordinator. So if if Glenn bumps up to the DC, there's not any or and the assistant head coach there's no real room for Pleasant to go. Right. So that's the risk is that you're if somebody comes sniffing for both those guys, you can lose one of them. It doesn't mean that they're going to get the job. And and quite frankly, I would encourage them to interview, and I would encourage the Lions to let them interview for that position and make a decision based on, do I think I'm going to get the job? Does that help me? Is this something where I'm I'm grooming myself to get the, the, the next job next year after the Lions are better, and I'm in better status to do that? Because they do, like, Kelvin Shepard is the linebackers coach. I know the linebackers aren't very good, but I know that the Lions like him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can tell you that Chris Spielman loves that guy. Um, so there, there's 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 some there's some guys that could get pushed um i would worry more about pleasant than i would glenn because i think um he is on the same track that van joseph was um when he got the the denver broncos job uh now now that didn't go well for vance joseph um who's a phenomenal defensive backs coach and a great defensive mind he was a rotten head coach and everybody in denver will tell you that uh and i think he figured that out pretty quickly and and that, that's one of the other things is that you've got a lot of guys on this who, who played for coaches and played for assistants who weren't necessarily cut out to be head coaches and saw that. And they might realize that their destiny might be, you know, hey, I might need to be a defensive coordinator for 20 years and never be a head coach. Right. And that needs to be okay. Like Steve Spagnuolo, another example of a guy. Phenomenal yep. coordinator. Put him as a head coach and it's it's all gone to hell. Um, the, the, the giant... <laughs> Giants are about to find it out with Freddie Kitchens, who's their new offensive coordinator. Great, great offensive mind as a as a head coach. Oh my god, he's worse than Matt Patricia. Uh, so uh, Matt Patricia, pretty pretty good defensive coordinator. I think we have to yep. give him that. Miserable head coach. Uh, one of the things that I think, and I've seen this come up, and it's something that Chris Robbins and I have talked about in the Slack, and it's something that a lot of us have talked about behind the scenes on Twitter. The NFL is realizing that just because you have a good offensive or defensive mind does not qualify you to be a head coach. You've got to have leadership skills. You've got to have organizational skills. That's why Brian Dable is never going to become a head coach because everybody knows that, that guy has the personality of an eggplant. There's just nothing there. He's not leading anybody. He's a brilliant offensive mind, but and that's okay. Like, understand where you fit, and I think Dable has figured that out. I, I think Wade Phillips figured that out over time. Yeah. Another guy that's that's like that, and that I, I do think that the NFL is is looking more at that, and, and that's why guys like Kevin Stefanski are thriving. That's why a guy like John Harbaugh is thriving because they have the ability to to coordinate um, coordinate coaches and lead men and relate to players and manage rather than manage an entire unit instead of just like one
3: department. Two more guys who fit that list. And they both have Detroit ties. Marty Morningweg was a guy who oh, yeah. was a good offensive coordinator and yeah. proved it when he went to Philadelphia. But as a head coach, not great. And look, Rod Marinelli, say what you want to say about Rod Marinelli. Again, not exactly an eggplant personality, but I wouldn't put him high on the personality list. No. But Rod Marinelli is a hell of a defensive line coach, and he's proven it at stop after stop after stop. But as a head coach, it just Ooh. didn't work out for him. Chris, one thing that does help in this situation that you're talking about, there aren't going to be as many head coaching openings this year as there have been in past years. I can count, I think, at this point, three that will probably be open. The Raiders will be open. I got a feeling Chicago is going to be open. And honestly, the third one, you look around, there's always one surprise. Could it be Cincinnati if they miss the playoffs? I mean, could it be Denver if they struggle? There's not that many head coaching openings that are going to be out there this year, and that actually kind of helps out the Lions.
2: I had a text exchange today with someone who said, "What's going on with Cincinnati?" And I'm like, "You know, I would love Zach Taylor as the, the offensive coordinator next because he's another guy who might be a better coordinator than he is a head coach." I I don't want to peg into that because I think their roster was severely undermanned until this mm-hmm. year, but that that's a team that could win that division or also come in fourth. That, that's true right. sort of all four teams in the AFC North right now. So we got to let that one play out the other one that i would consider is maybe sean payton deciding maybe maybe pete carroll gets tired of it in in seattle now now that they're Mm. they're um maybe seattle realizes that kyle shanahan um the fluke year was the year they went to the super bowl and not the other three years where he's had the winning percentage of matt patricia
3: Maybe <laughs> that's another one. San Francisco could be a good opening, too, if they falter down the stretch right now. They're right there in the playoff race. But if they falter down the stretch, that job could open one job. I thought was going to be open Riz and Chris, but now does not look like it's going to be Minnesota. I think Mike Zimmer's coming back at least for another year with the Vikings, unless they completely collapse down the stretch. But look, of all the jobs we've mentioned, the one I would take if I was in line for a head coaching position, I take Minnesota in a heartbeat. I think they're close enough. Based on the play of Kirk Cousins, based on the play of Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they Jefferson, might be closer to dude, winning. Man. They might be closer to winning than any other team on that list. I will tell you
0: um, this is I won't tell you, but I will put money on it, Riz, if you want that. Deuce Staley leaves the team before he becomes an offensive coordinator, meaning if he demands if he demands the offensive coordinator role, he's not going to get it and he'll have to leave. Uh, I can see that. Th- 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 it's just not. These are these fly. are good
2: problems to have, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I just. He, I. I don't think he fits. I think we're gonna find an offensive coordinator in, in the off season that's external to this team. I don't think it's gonna be a promotion with. And
2: him. you know what? I I would be okay with that because I don't think that like they have to see these things in team meetings and like who who isn't stepping up and saying why are we doing this when right. when we could be yep. doing this and, um, and and to me last week was a true indictment of that. You're switching quarterbacks that have very stylistic differences and you tried to run the same offense with them. To me, that was an indictment that Anthony Lynn's in over his head and that Dan Campbell needs to stop calling the offense and and step back a little bit or, or, replace Lynn with somebody else right now and and it's pretty clear that that's not going to happen so yeah well it's i mean how do, you, how
0: do you how do you wipe out an entire playbook and rewrite it i mean you've got yeah, a you playbook can't, you can't to work with really. right no, yeah. and 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 yeah. that is what it is and i want to really quick say this is not i'm not saying this about uh about deuce in a negative way because i like deuce and he's really 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 good as a running backs coach and he's he's he a is. really really cool cat at training camp I, literally nothing at all against deuce i just don't think i think his his jump is going to be to head coach. I don't think he's going to take the coordinator stop on the way. And I frankly don't think he's going to fill that role on the Detroit Lions. I just don't think they want to give it to him. I think they're going to go outside for that offensive coordinator. So.
2: That's fair. So I'd love to see him get the Houston job if that opens. Although David Cully might've saved his job because they're going to win two in a row. Cause they're going to beat the jets this week, which means that it's the jets that you have to worry about as the number two overall pick. Um, and they have the same kind of needs as what the Lions do. They need wide receivers desperately. They need pass rush desperately. And they need cornerbacks desperately.
0: And I'll tell you, for those that don't like Dan Campbell calling plays, we did have our best result with him calling plays. And I found it quite interesting that that whole game was Us attacking the strength of the Pittsburgh Steelers, like not backing around, not trying to scheme around it. We put the guys in the line and we ran it right at the strongest part of their team. And exactly that was that was (laughs) I I liked it. I liked it a lot. So you know we're only. In two games, it's a negative three points for for Dan Campbell calling the same the plays from the same playbook. So I wouldn't yeah. be too worked up about him calling the plays at this point. There's not a lot of guys there. They're going to make a you know there, there's and by the way you're not going to uh, get the true, stink out of this playbook.
2: <laughs> the the number the number one and number three teams in terms of generating pass rush they played mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. those two weeks. Mm-hmm. That might have had something to do with the the conservative play calling in the passing game as well. Yeah. Miles um, Garrett did not get a sack. TJ Watt didn't even get a pressure. Right. Uh, he didn't finish uh, the game. Well that that that's true. Uh, you know, he didn't get a pressure on that one. So that 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 one does count. But that was that was on uh
3: who was the tight end that missed him? Um It wasn't Hawkinson, it was um the other guy.
2: <laughs> was it Brock Wright Hawkins. or was it was, okay, yeah, it was Brock Wright. It
3: yeah. was right, uh, yeah, because Fells had right. already gone. Hawkins. That's right. Or what did he call him? I mean, (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh boy. By the way,
3: growing up in the 70s, guys, I love this type of style of football that the Lions are playing. This is throwback to the 70s type of football where they run 35, 40 times and only pass 20, 25 times. I love this type of football. It gives your defense a chance to stand out as well. So I've got no problems with the way things have been called for the most part with these two games against the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah, I think this is the way it's
0: going to be for the rest of the year uh and it it is not indicative at all of what's going to go on in the future and next year i think this is just getting us over the finish line of the 2021 right. season of the nfl that's just
2: where we are get us to the end please. all right uh, one, one other thing with the the running games it gets the games over fast and for that i'm i'm mercifully
0: happy <laughs> <laughs> all right the diamond cbd injury report and analysis from diamond cbd go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com if you've got pain, anxiety, insomnia. It'll help you take the edge off of all of those. Just get your CBD products. Or if you have a little bit of sore muscles uh, from the workout or whatever, the cream works awesome. And let's face it, straight up, if you want the buzz, go for the Delta 8 or the active CBD. Active CBD is active in all 50 states, uh, legal in all 50 states. Delta 8 a little bit limited. But uh, Riz is giggling, the knowing giggle of a man who oh. got planted into a chair and had a good night.
2: Where did my toes go, Chris?
0: (laughs) All the pain, anxiety, and insomnia melted away. (laughs) And his toes. CVD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Take it from the wrist. All right, let's take a look at the injury report because we're here about the pain and the anxiety and now the insomnia. Uh, Halibati Vitae is on the injury report. Was it a Concussion.
2: Con- concussion He suffered Sunday. He did not practice, didn't even um, attempt to practice on Tuesday, which means he will be out Thursday right. because he doesn't have time to clear NFL protocol. So he All will right. be out. That's why they signed Tommy Kramer to the active roster today. Uh, and based on what we saw Sunday, that might not be a terrible thing because Kramer played okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Vita is a big miss, but um, we'll see on the other side of the ball, there's some things that may play into our hands as well. A.J. Parker, our, our one of our two picks last week, he is out. Uh, we have Parker out with the um, uh, ankle. Ankle's out. Mm-hmm. So he did not practice. I'm calling these guys out. It's not the official injury
2: report yet, but um, yeah. if he did come, That comes out at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Yeah, um, and um, Parker Parker's interesting because uh, – these practice, they haven't actually practiced. They've just done walkthroughs and installs. They're not actually like hitting each other, not in pads. Um, the guys are out there in sweats. It, it's easier to say that he's not participating in that than it would have been if he, they were actually practicing. Um, my understanding is that of all the guys who missed practice today, he is the most likely to go. Um, and now, Jared Goff was listed as limited, which which changes that dynamic. There were five guys that were out, and, and of the five guys that we're going to mention, Parker is the closest to playing.
0: There you go. Okay. All right. You got Matt Nelson, who did not practice. Uh, also he will be there. there. Nope. Uh, Trey flowers did not practice. I'm assuming we're not going to see much of him. For not now looking good. No, <laughs>
2: uh, not, not his kind of game either, by the way.
0: Right, right, right. And Trinity Benson um, did not practice. He's out. Uh, who? Sean <laughs> who? <laughs> hand is, is not only out or did not practice, but is on to the, he IR. he's the IR. Do we think we're going to see him in a lion's uniform again, guys? No,
2: I hope, I hope not five go. times to the ir in four years that's uh, that, well um, almost technically that has to be a record <laughs>
3: <So>. <laughs> you know what i, I go back to Bryant. the old bill parcells quote ability <laughs> you can have as an nfl player availability yep. if you're not available you're not going to play so i think we've seen the last of the sean hand
0: yep yep uh
3: hugs wow. to you from the chat uh
0: tony uh, michael pentagast wants to give you a big hug He's he deserves just, it <laughs> everyone loves to right.
2: and by the way played 29 games in four seasons
1: mm,
0: he almost played two seasons of ball.
2: got got three sacks in his first eight games um and since that time has t- 41 tackles one tackle for law two tackles for loss and no sacks
3: i guarantee you somebody will take a shot on him this offseason Somebody will pick him up thinking that they can turn him around. And the scary thing is they probably will be able to turn him around. He's got to help on the field. He's, he's got just talent.
2: got, he's just got to stay on the field, but he, he is a talented guy. But
3: God, All
0: right. Michael Brockers uh, practiced on Monday, <laughs> knee limited practice today, Jared Goff limited practice and Jamar Jefferson. I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to see him getting limited practice with hopes that maybe he could make his way back. Cause he was super effective, on one play before he got hurt so let's see (laughs) all right chicago bears side of the ball uh justin fields did not practice at all ribs injury um riz you had uh, talked to some folks at the bears wire what did you hear
2: sounds like he will they don't expect him to play nobody in chicago expects him to play they expect it to be Andy dalton time and dalton had one masterful throw if you haven't seen it check out his touchdown pass to not mooney but the other touchdown that he threw in Sunday's game was a brilliant throw. Now it was a blown coverage, and Baltimore has. I, I'm gonna. I, I'll work. I'll work green tonight. Is it a blue? Crappy coverage from their safeties. It's not good. Um, but he 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 lit them up over the top. The other play that he threw for a touchdown was a a little swing pass to Darnell Mooney, which is the exact same pass that the Lions throw on third and eight all the time. And four ravens ran into each other trying to tackle him, and he ran sixty yards down the field. Um, it was actually a play that had negative one yards passing air yards, and it wound up being a sixty-yard touchdown. So don't give Dalton too much credit for that one. But the other one was a nice throw, um, and it's a it's a better throw than what Justin Fields has made. So uh, I, as I told uh, our Bears wire. Editor Alyssa, who's great by the way, um, one one of these smartest football people that I know, male or female, um, she, she knows her shit, man. Um, uh, she's like, yeah, uh, Dalton definitely gives us a better chance to win on yeah. Sunday or Thursday, uh, and I I agree with that. Um, if That's Justin the- Fields were, if Justin Fields were starting this game, I would have zero hesitation about picking the lines. And you all know I like Justin Fields a lot. Yep. Between Matt Nagy's misuse of him and their offensive line and his. His inability to trigger the ball away when he's under pressure, like give Andy Dalton a little bit. I mean, he's got an overdeveloped panic gene. Andy Dalton does, but it serves him well behind that offensive line. Their offensive line is on pace to allow the highest sack percentage in the 21st century. Wow! Now Fields Fields is guilty of some of that because he hold, he holds the ball too hold
3: on to long. The ball too long. Yep,
2: he he absolutely does, and that's something he's got to get better at. But Andy Dalton
3: isn't going to do that, and that that that. that The scales were like here, now they're here. And here's the thing. Andy Dalton's a veteran. He's seen what the Lions are possibly going to throw at him. Like you said, he doesn't panic. He does have a panic gene, but he doesn't really panic. And the other part about Andy Dalton is he's smart in the pocket. He's not going to run. He's not going to take off immediately. He's going to let plays develop. And to me, that's a little more of a concern because Justin Fields is the type of guy, one, two, three, boom, done. Or he's running. Andy Dalton's going to be patient. He's going to let the receivers run their routes. He's going to check all of his possible targets. And that concerns me with the Lions because, as we've seen, Riz, the coverage sometimes breaks down pretty quickly for the Lions. Let me ask you. <coughs>
0: <laughs> Tony, let me ask you. Um, do you think the game has sped up at all at the NFL level in the last couple of weeks for Justin Fields, or is it still slow for him?
3: I think it's speeding up for him just a little bit. I think he's... He's getting better, but he still makes rookie mistakes that I don't think Andy Dalton is going to make. Dalton's going to make some mistakes, but I don't think he's going to make the type of mistakes that Justin Fields would make, especially on a short week. Even though they've played the Lions before, I think Fields he scares me a little bit just simply because he's can do a sick he he has the ability for a spectacular play, guys, and then he has the ability to make a huge mistake that just kills your team's chances of winning.
0: Totally a rookie that guy. Totally a rookie. Right. I mean, that's, that's what you get in Justin Fields. He has opportunity. I mean, you leave Matt Nagy there for another year or two and boy, oh boy, does that kind of put a, 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 a a shadow on Justin Fields potential. Um, I think that's part of the reason some of those conversations are kicking off.
2: He gone. He gone.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and with that. I absolutely, I absolutely believe those unsubstantiated reports that Matt Nagy will be fired regardless of what happens on Thursday because it's a natural time to fire somebody. We might know something a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Well, let's
0: get into that. We'll do the. Amazon, we're going to buy you out. <laughs> Look ahead to the Bears. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that anytime you want to shop. It's, oh, I got to do the thing. It's the holiday season and my balls need squeezing. Uh, who doesn't love what? a good Christmas carol? Um, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it goes on. It doesn't have. Oh, a
3: remember record. that Christmas Carol. Okay.
0: <laughs> I could do multiple lines. Like I, I, I've got that one, like <laughs> totally mapped out. My, there's this, there, my wife sings the dirty lyrics. I wrote to it now because she can't get them out of her head. Like she'll be driving in the car and all of a sudden she, there's one particular wow. line that
2: I've got. And she's like, and da, 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 da. <laughs> she's <just laughs> like, you've ruined it. <laughs> The weather is outside is frightful indeed.
0: Wow, (laughs) Uh, Good times. All right. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Anything you need for the holiday season, no matter how your balls are, head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Pick it up. Take a little bit out of Bezos' pocket. Slide it into your favorite podcast. Help us keep the show running. And getting all these amazing guests like Tony Ortiz on the show. All right. um, Let's talk about the Bears here. Tony does it for free. I mean, we don't want to get into it, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> that Let's is talk. True. <laughs> Let's talk about the- Miller's hamburgers. There you go. There you go. The fourth. <sighs> We're down. We're down.
0: Um, okay. Here's the rumor. Um, Matt Nagy is gonna be looking for a job after Thursday's football game, even if they win. Win or lose, Matt Nagy's out of a job. And supposedly the report is that he has been
2: notified. Of that fact directly, Riz. Do
0: you have any more info on that?
2: I've just heard that from. Look, I, I live within earshot of Chicago radio, and I do happen to listen to it from time to time. Everybody there has basically confirmed, without confirming, that that this is the last game that Ben Aggie is going to coach. They had a high school football game north of Chicago last week where both stands, like the, the, the opponents, both started chanting, fire Matt Nagy at the same time. But hold on, hold on. It's not just a high school football game. Matt
0: Nagy's son was playing in yes. that game.
2: Yes. Yes, he was.
0: How horrible is that? I mean, come on. It's there's pretty like a, horrible. There's a level of humanity that you, you kind of want to stay
2: above that bar. Right? I mean, that, 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 like. I I've been known to be boisterous, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. I I have a little bit more tact than that, Mm -hmm. but Mrs. What's her, it's not Mrs. Hallis. I forget her name. Um, yes, thank you. Virginia McCaskey. Mm -hmm. She like Martha is sensitive to the fan, like the wins of the fans. And they are a team that has never fired a coach as, as Tio pointed out when we were doing the pre-show, they've never fired a coach within the season. And I think this is probably the time to do it because it, look, it's, it's clearly not, he's clearly not doing a good job and his job is the offense. Their passing offense. They average 40 yards less than the lions do passing enough of that shit. Exactly. And And I think Virginia McCaskey has had enough of that. I think she's, she's acutely aware that the fans will not be buying tickets if he's still there. And that that's something that happened that look, Sheila has not come out and directly acknowledged that. But Chris, I know you and I have heard that that was part of the reason, like th- she didn't want to see empty seats this year. Now they're getting right. anyways, but she knew that people had were done with Patricia. Like they're not, they're not paying attention to the lions anymore because right. ma Patricia is the coach. That's absolutely happening in Chicago now. And Mrs. McCaskey is no dummy. Uh, she she's, 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 she's up with that.
3: And I can confirm that just simply because of, you know, down the hall with 97 won the ticket. After a while, people didn't care about the Lions. They stopped calling about the Lions. You could throw out any topic about the Lions. You got a few phone calls, but it was never the type of action. And it was was the same guys all the time. Right, exactly. Now, I'm going to go on my soapbox for about 30 seconds here. And Riz, I think you know where I'm going with this. Do it. I hate this time of the year because people will celebrate when Matt Nagy gets fired. And they don't realize that it takes a toll on their families. There are other coaches who are involved in this as well, whose jobs are are going to be lost as well. It just I, I hate this time of the year simply because people will celebrate. People will be glad. People will rejoice. And I just think it's wrong to celebrate somebody getting fired, even if they're not doing a good job. And I understand that about Matt Nagy, but. You cannot sell. Jason Garrett gets fired today as New York Giants offensive coordinator, and people on Twitter were going nuts, saying, "You know, about time! Yay! You know, maybe this well, coach you
2: know. absolutely threw him under the bus after exactly. last night's yeah. game. Exactly. Yeah, judge. That yeah. was untenable. Judge. Yeah, it, it would. He's next. Be. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> another opening that'll be out there. We forgot that one prepared. Oh, yeah,
3: but you know, <laughs> just be responsible when this happens. Just you know, don't celebrate. We've seen this too many times with the Lions. When they fired Matt Millen, when they fired um, Marty Morningweg, when they fired Rod Marinelli, when they fired Jim Schwartz, don't go out celebrating. This is not a time to celebrate. If I understand yeah. you want the coach gone. Great. But if there's you know.
0: one thing Lions fans want, they want Matt Nagy to stay employed in Chicago for as long as possible.
1: <laughs> and so let's
0: not celebrate. It's a day of mourning uh, when that announcement makes. And that it is to Tony's point, And God, if anybody can school us all on how to be a decent person, it's Tony. Oh, just God. just have a little bit of humanity. <laughs> for these yes. guys. I mean, we're going to have in the offseason, we almost had it last week or last year, we couldn't quite pull it together, um, some families of players or coaches, we'll say, with the Lions, and they're going to talk about that kind of change with contracts changing in the offseason, what it means to the family, raising kids in three, four different cities, not yep. knowing where you're going to be in the next, oh, my kid's playing football you know, as a junior next year, I think at this high school, but maybe not, right? The, the whole uncertainty that that surrounds your life and and as much as these folks give up and they put themselves out there, like we talk about, you know, Matt Patricia for Lions and as a coach for the team was just an absolute dumpster fire. It was just not the right thing. Matt Patricia, as we've as, as Riz said, is one hell of a defensive coordinator. He's He seems to have done a spectacular job as defensive coordinator in in the Patriot system and so on. Yeah,
2: he's, it, he's it's the working wrong, in New England, by the way.
0: You <laughs> he, he got a situation where you have a guy who's just in the wrong situation. It doesn't right. mean they're not talented. It doesn't mean they don't have the ability to do a great job. It's just the situation isn't right, whether it's the team, whether it's how the, the players fell, whether it's the GM. There could be a whole series of things that came together, and then I didn't perform right there. Let it go. Move on. The thing about Matt Patricia, when I go, the, there's two things that I'll, I'll always remember about him beyond the poor record and the and, and what happened, the decimation of the Lions roster with but with Bob Quinn there. But the two things I remember is when we met him at Senior Bowl Riz. And how absolutely fabulous he was as a human being to us yep. to talk and just hang out. What a, He was a great, yep. great guy. He was. The other thing was that he did the donation very cool at the combine to St. Jude and kind of like caught Rich Eisen, who has a gift for Gab, caught him flat footed and at a loss for words. That he dropped off the check, didn't want to be on TV, wanted to do it behind the scenes, and went off. He was the inspiration for us to kick off our St. Jude thing, and, and just so folks know, in the three years of doing it, we're just about to crack sixty thousand dollars raised for St. Jude, and it's all because of him. So you know what? Yeah. There's 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 good that come out of these things. So yeah.
2: I'll I'll, I'll share we're. this about Matt Patricia. He came to I, I live in Holland, Michigan. He came out here in Eight Eighty Restaurant um, when they were on their bye week, uh, his second season. Came out here paid everybody's tab at the restaurant including nice. the bar um was like $6,000 and and like he he had all the waitresses like uh, add up what what everybody's ordered right now and I will pay everything he left a $5,000 tip to be divided amongst the staff too i mean say what you want about him as a coach it's a that's a decent human being yeah. and yeah. and he has a family he has young kids um, Tony and I, and, and we actually, we all have teenage kids right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we understand like instability, like in that age. like I, I was, I was cursed enough. I had to go to three high schools. I was a new kid in the middle of my freshman year. And then I was a new kid, my senior year. That's awful. That's an awful thing to do to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I came out the other side. Okay. Thank God. But you like sure? that, like I, I wasn't any like athlete or anything like my, my dad didn't get fired mercifully. Um, we wound up bouncing around for promotions, but right, it, it's just it, that's really, really hard on the family. Like, like my, my 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 little brother lived in four houses by the time he was seven years old. Like, that that that's that's tough on a little kid, man. It it it's made him much different than it's made me. Um, because I I lived, I lived in the same spot until I was eleven. You know, and that that that's just very hard on. You know, like, if if you've moved as a kid, you understand, you know that, yep. and it, it, it's really hard to wish that on people. And and I I remember when Lovey Smith got fired. Like, I I really don't think Lovey Smith is a very good coach whatsoever. But when he got fired from the Bears, I knew a couple of his assistants pretty well. Yep. One of them had three kids under five and was had a, had a fourth coming, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, dude, what are you gonna do? And he's like, I really don't know. Um, he wound up getting another job with a college and he, he's actually still there, Good. but it's like the, the, we we have to see to your point, Tony, we have to see that these are human beings and these are, these are people doing a job right. and it it, it it sucks to lose a job. I, I think we've all lost jobs in our yes. lives. It, it sucks to lose them, especially when it's out of your control. Correct. And that's going to be the case with a lot of the assistant coaches it's- and the scouts and the, the front office staffers and things like that. Like,
0: It sinks to have something like that happen just in your personal life, but then to have it on the happen on the public stage and then to have the meatheads show up at your kid's high school game. I mean, can you imagine anybody who's listening right now? You, you, you lose your job. You're notified you lost your job tomorrow. And then you go watch your, your high school kid playing a sport and both, both, you know, stands are cheering about you being fired. Imagine how that feels. I mean, my God, that's gotta be horrifying. But with that, F the Bears and let's talk about the game. <laughs> wow, that took a turn. Not, not, no mercy in this. one in particular, exactly. but just the Bears <laughs> as a whole.
3: Um, let's look at this game, uh, Tony. What are the key matchups? What do you see uh, we're looking at here? The one for me is David Montgomery against the Lions front. To me, I, I, the the Bears running game is going to be important because that's how they beat the lions the first time it wasn't so much justin fields's arm although that did help but to me the running game of the bears was what controlled time of possession for them and what allowed them to defeat the lions the first time around at soldier field so to me my key matchup is going to be the bears running game against the lions defense if the lions can do a good job shutting that down or at least controlling it they have a chance in this game but keep in mind, Najee Harris ran well against the Lions and Nick Chubb ran well against the Lions. So that's not a good sign going into a game against the Bears. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. All right, um, Riz, as, as as we kind of go to key matchups, I want to ask you just to kind of lead into that with McNeil and Anzarike and their performances here. I mean, round two, round three, what is, you know, what I'm not hearing is their name on every broadcast, Right. But they're, they're playing. They're starting the games, right? And, and you, our defense is a strong hear, point. You did
2: hear Levi O yep. on yes. Sunday. Yep, yep. Had a big PD um, or PBU, as it may be, when you're a defensive. That's weird that when you're a defensive back, it's a PD. But when you're a, a defensive lineman, it's a PBU. Yeah. Um, I just need a PBR. <laughs> um, and he also blocked a <laughs> kick, which was great. Um, uh, that That's the best game he's played. He's been uh, – and, and we talked about this when we did the draft show – he's still popping straight up way too much uh, right off the snap. And that's a problem when you play good offensive linemen. The good thing is is that the Bears don't have a single good offensive lineman. Yeah, They can attack on that. Aleem played really well last week. I know his PFF score didn't show it, and I know the the stat sheet didn't show it. I thought he played a very good game. He cut off the backside cut that Nick Chubb loves very well. And again, that's that's not something that's going to show up but it, it kept Nick going the direction that he was going instead of cutting back, which is where he he loves to, to veer to the left and then, boom, back the other way. And Aleem, and, and I will give Alex Anzalone some credit on that too, he did a pretty good job of that as well. He missed the tackle a couple of times, but I thought the contain was pretty well. And, and honestly, as a nose tackle, that's really all you're asking him to do. If you're asking your nose tackle to get sacks, which the Bears do out of Akeem Hicks, if they don't, you're in a whole lot of trouble. I mean, remember, this is a Bears team that no longer has Khalil Mack. Right. It doesn't look like Akeem Mix is going to play this week either, which is a massive loss for them. That guy's really good. I think yep. the, I think Lions fans know that pretty well. Mitigates the loss of Vitae a little bit. Absolutely. And and for as much as people bag on Vitae, he's a really good run blocker. And I, I, I think we did see a drop-off when he left the game from him to Tommy Kramer. And, and that's nothing against Tommy. I mean, he, he He's an undrafted rookie. It's a, he played nine snaps before that. Was out there for thirty-three against Malik McDowell, who is a a legitimate candidate for comeback player of the year. Except he's not eligible because he hadn't played yet. Uh, <laughs> he's been really good in Cleveland, and yeah, he yeah. also he also dealt with some Jadevian Clowney, who didn't play well, but you know it's Jadevian Clowney. And Sewell ah. stood him up. Let's let's be
0: honest. Panay Sewell beat the snot out of Jadavian Clowney. And, and then did. between that and the war of the words from uh, Jonah Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell, man? I'm that's sorry. Not that,
2: and that's not something that, that Dan Campbell has been asked about since. And I would really like somebody to ask him that. Justin Rogers, if you're listening, please ask him that tomorrow. Why? Um, I because... just don't get, like, I get the whole taunting <clears> thing or whatever. But a mama joke? Really?
0: Mama
3: yeah, jokes I don't are get like, that either. The,
2: those are that, st- that's never been explained. Standard and trade. The, when, the, when the pool reporter asked it after the game. Um, it, it, it didn't come up or that they, they get you get. The, so you, when you read the pool report, it's usually from the home team. The right. Browns obviously didn't ask about it because they didn't care. Um, so it was a case of it. It just went unasked. And Dan Campbell's explanation after the game was sort of, you know, like, ah, you know, it was a mama joke or whatever. And he sort of left it at that. Like Jonah didn't really talk about it other than to say that, you know, he made peace with it after the game. But like, right. I really want to know exactly what was said. And this is where Dean Blandino's idea of having open mics on the officials and everything recorded and available to listen to for the media afterwards would be fantastic. Thank you, Dean. There's another to, feather in your cap, buddy. I want to be able to add
3: that mama joke to my repertoire if it's that good. Yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah, <laughs> when did officials start flagging players for mama jokes? Because I got news for you. They could be throwing flags 30, 40 plays a game yeah. because guys in the trenches talk to each other and it's not. Hey, how you doing? How's the weather? That's not what they're talking about. So right. to flag somebody for a mama joke, that's a joke. And and a lot of it, like, you'll know this, Tony, because you've been on the sidelines. They're not
2: literally mad at each other. That's just their way oh. of, like, psyching themselves up. That's how they, Correct. that's that's their mentality. That's like, you're my enemy during this game. After the game, we might go have a beer together. Right. You know, we might smoke some blood together. Who knows? That's. Not in this league. That's just that's just that's just your way to
3: get competitive advantage. That's your way, your way to pump yourself up talking. Exactly. And for that to draw a flag is ridiculous. But look, we could talk about officiating and how bad it's been this year. I don't even know what pass interference is anymore in the NFL. But again, somebody needs to explain why this mama joke rose to the level of drawing a 15 yard penalty. I'm curious. I'm so curious.
0: I'm working my sources to see if I can get the, the wording of what was said, because it is. I am absolutely intrigued and it doesn't seem like it seems like it's just completely fallen off the the radar for folks. But this is important. I mean, because there's there's probably some things like, well, there's if they call the penalty on this one, it's got to be more than just a mama joke. You know what I mean? And that's Correct. probably why so. they're like, we're just a mama joke and they blow it off and they don't want to talk about it. Cause this is probably some really, really heavy shit, right? I mean, let's be honest. Right. I
3: wanna I mean, know what there, it is. In in baseball, there's a rule, if you use a certain 12 letter word to an umpire, that's an immediate ejection. Yep. Yep. But I'm curious to see what exactly was said in this joke that drew a flag. What did he say? Did he involve the referee's mama? I we don't know. I'd love to know what was said. Well,
0: we know the ref's mom has been involved in a whole lot of stuff, but we'll leave it at that,
1: right?
0: <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. All right, so Riz, matchups. The referees and the team, what, else, what other matchups are out there that we need to be aware of?
2: This is a week where the safeties need to play well because they. Danny Dalton is very good at play-action fakes, and while they don't throw down the field well, He proved that he can do that against the Ravens, and he sucked them in, and that's how he got a touchdown that got them within striking distance of a win. Will Harris, Tracy Walker, they've got to be on their toes. Dean Marlowe as well. They can't suck too far up. They've got to be able to stay disciplined to understand that they cannot let people behind them. This is a team that you want to make drive You know, 12 plays, 80 yards, because they're going to make mistakes. Their offensive line just simply isn't up to snuff on it. They've got tight end problems too. They they don't they don't run the ball consistently. David Montgomery's a good back. Mm-hmm. He's kind of streaky. Like he has good days and bad days. He has good drives and bad drives. Sort uh, sort of the way that Matthew Stafford plays quarterback. Obviously mm-hmm. at, a, at a at a lower level and different position. But you, you always knew with Stafford you were going to get like three drives where like you're going three and out like that's just that's just what you get that's that's par for the course you're going to get that with david montgomery to where he, he's going to run into his left guard's ass and fall down he's going to miss the cutback and and take a, a instead of cutting it up the field for five he's going to run out of bounds for one that that's the kind of back he is you can't you can't give those plays up as safeties and linebackers the middle of the field defense is going to be huge in this game because mm-hmm. andy dalton doesn't work the margins that well this is a guy who loves to work the middle of the field this is a game where if Alex Anzalone can get the kind of drop they did against Baker Mayfield last week and get a tipped ball maybe AJ Parker runs it back for a touchdown maybe Jerry picks off picks it off and runs it back for a touchdown this is this is a game where the middle of the field defense is going to be imperative because the the that's where the Bears want to go. Because especially with Allen Robinson, Gimpy, yep, like exactly, yep, like like Darnell Mooney is really fast on the outside, and we we saw what he can do against Baltimore, where he's really good is on post patterns and drag routes across the field, running away from the defensive back that's trailing him. If you can make those transitions through the zone, um, and and, and understand your 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 area of responsibility, they can limit that, and and that's going to keep the Bears from scoring. And and look. The Lions aren't going to score a lot. This no. is one of the few teams that they can legitimately outscore. That's on the defense to make those sort of responsible plays. Yeah. I think this is
0: the 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 story of this game is it's 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 poised to be another running a festival just like yep. the 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 Pittsburgh and the Cleveland games before it. I think the difference in this game is going to be who can who can pass the ball. As you said, alluded to uh, Riz, uh, Allen Robinson out with a hammy. Even if he shows up, if he does play, that hammy is going to inhibit his ability to get downfield. Uh, if he doesn't make it, in particular, whoever can move that ball through the air, there's going to be a ton of running. But as you know, with their inconsistent running game, that that the the the, the passing yardage that they get is going to be indicative of how. The Bears do in this game, and frankly, I think the Lions as well Jared Goff has got to be in there he's got to deliver some passes he I mean what was it fourteen for twenty three or eleven for twenty three was uh was Boyle
2: He was fifteen of twenty three for 77 yards. Baker Mayfield also completed 15 passes in that game for 177 yards, and people in Cleveland want to execute him.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well wow. <laughs> don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's
0: we we need no, to we need to effectively pass that ball. And that's I think gonna be the different uh the difference between who wins and loses in this game. Oh, I just just got the college football playoff transcript
2: here. Oh. By the way, if you're if you're paying attention to the college football playoff before they announce the final one, you're an idiot. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> um, wow
3: Wow I'm an idiot then I was you, saying- <laughs> are, you are
2: part of the problem because you are enabling That system to exist by giving it oxygen Okay Bear. ignore it until the last one
3: because that's the only one that matters i guess i'm kind of curious to see if cincinnati can actually crack the top four spoiler alert they, they did
2: they did okay
3: so this is our
0: version of come on man you're an idiot man is is what we're gonna do now my you're an idiot is i don't do come on man i'm like you're an idiot i'm, I'm,
2: I'm not that blunt the federal I'm, I'm not, judge, that, the not fe- that taxful anymore i'm the, tired the federal I'm judge who shut
0: down sports betting in florida you're an idiot.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> taking away my
0: fun. So you, you, S-O-B. you put
2: that in the slack. That's actually something we got, we're not going to talk about it tonight. But that is right. a very good topic for like the off season. Yes, because there's a lot going on there that impacts all of us. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> and the casinos are suing against sports betting because. They, the, the online sports betting Because they know it takes away from their revenue So yep. it's not that they're against they, They're running all these these ads Don't vote because now we have to go to a referendum Don't vote for the gambling Keep gambling illegal It's casinos that's running running the ads It's This is all a lie Can't we just be honest All right, Tony anyone you want to call an idiot
3: <laughs> uh, No I'm good right now You can call me an idiot <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> This is what I talk about what a great guy he is all right, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, okay, no, look- I could call somebody an idiot. I just don't want to get any. I don't want to get anybody <laughs> in any trouble or my son in any trouble. It's not him I'm calling an idiot. Right? <laughs> no, I Your sons are great nice kids. No, it's not him. It's just something he was dealing with. That move yeah. on. Yeah.
2: No, I think <laughs> I, I, I'll call the ref who uh, allowed my daughter to get her eye dotted and bleeding out of both nostrils and didn't call a foul on the play. Like there's there blood foul. Like like no nope. No nope. Wow. So, so when I yelled at him at the next game that I saw him at, I don't feel so bad about it. She uh, didn't do
3: the Isaiah Stewart, did she?
2: She did not. She was, she okay. was yelping in pain, and I but, took okay. all of my moral fiber not to run out and comfort her, but uh, she's tough. She's tough. Yeah. Teach her to do the Bill Bel- Lambier. No one will touch her again.
0: All right, moving on. We'll uh, take a... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really quick. Don't forget about all your gear. You can get it at fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. All your jerseys, all your, whether it's Michigan, whether it's hockey, whether it's the Pistons, you name it anywhere, any gear, it's all the official great stuff. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. With that, I think we've covered all the, all the bases gentlemen, and I appreciate you. I want you both to have a spectacular Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. You guys both deserve it. And uh, I appreciate both you and everything you do for for the show. It's uh, it's so great that you came on Tony to get the get Good the band to back you. together. Yes. Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. <laughs> Don. Yes. Get the band back together and have you guys here. It's really really awesome to do this with you guys. I it's, know,
2: been it's been great. It, I, I, when you when you told me that Tony was going to be, on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> I'm
3: so I was very excited. I Stay miss you, Tony. When when Chris, <laughs> I miss you too. When Chris said Riz was going to be on, I said what time? And it's funny oh, because no. at first I was going to try to run home and do this, and I thought. No, I can do it right from here, get comfortable, use the station's equipment, and just, you know, relax. And what so station is go. that, Tony? WWJ. Make sure
0: to tune into WWJ every day. <laughs> is it 2 to 7, Tony? Is that the shift? Oh uh, Yes, that's 2 to 7, the, yes. The, the, the best voice in the Michigan area and Detroit area is Tony Ortiz doing the news, covering it, taking care of you, WWJ Radio 950. You're home for the best news sport. Are these guys still doing traffic on the 8s? Yeah, we
3: still do traffic on the eight. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. I,
0: I got it. All right. With <laughs> that, remember, <laughs> don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You'll get access to the Slack chat where we talk about all the important things, including traffic on the eights. Make sure to follow <laughs> us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast at AJ Ortiz 3 and at Jeff Risden. Follow us all. It's a great crew to, to check out. We're out there. You can have fun with us on Twitter. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions Line at nine two nine three three lions nine two nine three three five four six six seven. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast dot com. Why would they go there, Riz? So they can. So so
2: so we can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right.
0: Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Good impression. <laughs>
2: no pants. No
0: toasters. No hot tubs. No problems, because we're your Detroit (laughs) Lions and Reddit connection.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Final
1: seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bags. Start the plane. This show is over.
3: You've had enough of that shit.